Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouteau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Rise and shine, jerks. It's football time. Send your wife to brunch, ship the kids off to grandma's, and tell your girlfriend you're busy. He loves his wife, and he takes care of his kids, and then he's got a good life. The Sinner and the Saint are here to get you ready for the weekend's gridiron action. We're going to get you all set up with everything you need to know about what's going on in college football this Saturday. Frostbrood Coors Light presents the Sinner and the Saint tailgate show with gluten-free former Beavers fullback Will Darkins. Here's your host and junior varsity legend, Luke Anderson on 1080 The Fan. It's just an unfortunate side effect of beer plus football plus just being an idiot. Football! I am anti-Damian Lillard. I agree with Russell Westbrook in his comment. Don't be so sensitive. He need to shut up. So you're over him? Trade him? Yeah. All right. Welcome back. The golf show. Golf in the Northwest kicking off a Saturday here on Super Bowl weekend. They're like, yeah, it's a Super Bowl, but we've got bigger news for you. Golf in the Northwest. Everybody's face is already melted. We don't need to do it today, Will. How about that? No? So- yeah, I got really jacked up from golf talk. Did you not? How could you not? Have you got a round in yet this year? No. What? Why not? I don't play a sport where I could fall asleep standing up. I don't understand. Why would you fall asleep? It's the most boring sport on planet Earth. Don't get me wrong, though. That, that, that show is very well done. Extremely well produced. <laughs> Why is golf so boring to you? Because you don't do anything. You just sit there, hit, then walk to the next hole and hit again. That's, That's not it. true. Every time I play, I swing like 130 times. Oh, do you? Yeah, which is, I don't think That's the probably one of the lamest golf jokes worth. you can put out there. What's that? That's the lamest golf joke you can put out there. How do you mean? Well, every time I do it, oh, I must not be that great at golf. Come on. I'm not. But give me give me something fun about golf if you're not drinking. Because Ooh, every that, single that, argument I've ever heard for how much fun golf is, it always involves uh, like, oh, you get to go out all oh, this really nice weather. You get to go out onto the, you know, nice in nature, everything like that. And then always somewhere in the conversation, it floats around to, oh, and then you put back the beers. If you took beers out of it, golf is the most boring thing on no, planet. No, no, no. You're challenging except for, yourself. Except for NASCAR. Whoa. I fell asleep at a NASCAR event. A tr- we went to a truck series event. It's like the loudest place you've ever been. I fell asleep. That was pretty boring. The thing about golf, though, that is challenging is you're always going against yourself. You are. It's challenging. It is. Oh, are you a scratch golfer? You, oh, I, I went out. I, you're Kim Jong-un, and you went out, and you mastered it your first time. So you're like, I shot a 32 on 18 holes. And I was always, like, this is boring. Always going against myself. How many more beers can I drink? And I'll be okay to drive. Who said it? you're the one that keeps bringing up beer? Because every golf story I've ever heard from anybody oh, that who is not a pro, like Harold, a dignified pro, is Doesn't always. Does your brother golf? How many drinks can I get in? Doesn't your brother golf? My brother is a pro. He's a pro. Does your brother? He's a pro. Does he drink a lot when he golfs? No, he doesn't drink. Yeah, but he's a he's a focused guy. 
Okay. And the guys around him drink when he plays. Yeah, so he can he can look that much. I'm just better. saying it's a sport of debauchery. I would disagree. I would disagree. How dare you sullen the name of golf? You want a seriously good sport? You play tennis. You want to talk about debauchery? You ever play tennis drunk? I have actually played tennis. That's drunk. pretty fun. It's really friggin' hard. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Ping pong, much easier when you're drunk and very appropriate. I'll tell you what. Smoking weed and playing tennis, though. Yeah, is that the is that your that's jam? That's pretty fun. Okay. Because then you focus in. Well, speaking of debauchery. I thought you were going to say speaking of weed. Well, I guess. I don't know how weed has worked its way into the next topic, but as far as debauchery grow, goes, it is one of the uh, drunkest days of the year. Tomorrow is Super Bowl friggin' Sunday. Are you you put a golf club into the golf show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Love, love the, love the, the Super Bowl. I'm so excited. Are you not excited for the Super Bowl oh, either? Oh, you know, the, the storylines. What are the storylines at the Super Bowl? Nick Foles is a backup quarterback going against Tom Brady, who's the greatest quarterback of all times. Is the Eagles defense as good as the Jags defense? And will Bill Belichick and Tom Brady cement themselves as the greatest dynasty in modern sport? I learned that Nick Foles is a Jesus freak. Yeah, so is Carson Wentz. Yeah, that's weird. Wentz doesn't seem like that. Do you know that Doug Peterson was a backup quarterback to Brett Favre? I did. I did know that. I found that out this week. Yeah, I found that out this week, too. I think yeah. that's interesting. That's, I guess. Wentz also, during the offseason, he likes to hunt. And so he'll put up these. And this is, I guess, the the kind of weird difference I see is that he's he's very religious. But then he'll put up all these uh, videos and pictures of him with, like, dead animals he shot. Kind of like, that's that's a little, it's a little counterintuitive to your peaceful Christian spirit. Uh, I don't think that you're not supposed to kill animals anywhere in the Bible. Look at this You're not dead supposed animal. to make love to the animals in yeah, the Bible. Yeah, but I would think it's and frowned the, upon to take a picture of yourself with a dead animal if you're about Jesus. You know, right? there wasn't a whole lot about digital photography and social media posting in the Bible. So I think the lines are kind of gray there. You can kind of go any direction you want. So you're not excited for the Super Bowl or for golf in the Northwest. What the hell is your problem? I'm excited about the Super Bowl. I'm you don't, there. You don't sound excited about the Super Bowl. There's other things that get me excited. We got a poll up we at Center do. State 1080. What's one of your uh, what's what's your other favorite thing about the Super Bowl? Right? Because there's all these other parts to it. Uh, let's see here. We got food, halftime show, commercials, or prop bets. Any of those? Which one? Which one rings your bell, there, champ? I have to go with food, but I also say halftime show too, just because of you don't never know what's going to happen, especially because JT's there this year, and I want to see some boobs. Well, listen, if you see another boob, then it will be boobs. You only showed one last time. It's not yeah. like you showed both of Janet Jackson's boobs. Answer this for me. Sure. Have there ever been a time where Justin Timberlake was the halftime show performer for the Super Bowl and you didn't see boob? I can't recall a time. No. So I think you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Based on that logic. You're going to get some boobs. Z boob. Boobs, sorry. Singular. It's singular. He only shows. Has he ever showed more than one boob during a halftime show? Whew. I'd have to go back and check. <laughs> did you have TiVo at the time? What's that? Did you have TiVo at the time? No, I did not. 
I was uh, I was renting a room in a house in Las Vegas, um, and it was just me and one guy in there watching. And we're like, I think we I think we just saw a boob, and everybody else had gone to the other room because there's a pool table in there, and we had to kind of rally around it. And then the internet uh, was the most searched moment in the internet history at that to that point. And the most TiVo'd moment ever. Now, was that the same year that uh, Britney, Madonna, and Christina Aguilera shared that special kiss at the VMAs? Ooh, I don't know. It was two thousand four. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know about the VMA kiss. I don't have that one circled on my calendar. Oh, I had that one. I got to tell you, that one really just really accelerated my discovery of myself. Uh, you, at 13 or 14, whatever. Were you Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? Oh, I was B Spears all the way. I liked her the best when she shaved her head. Disagree. 55305, um, we did have a nice suggestion on uh, what your problem is. And uh, Raymond suggests your problem is that you're a beaver. And that's why you, that's seem so, you seem so down about golf. It's not true. And you seem so down about the Super Bowl. That doesn't sound right at all. This is, this is again. I come from the greatest college town in the Pac-12. How the hell could I be sour about anything else? I'm just saying the facts here. Look, if you're going to go out and you're going to go golfing, you're going to tell me you had a great time without a beer in you. Yeah, I've golfed without beer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was it a lot of fun? I did. I Was enjoyed it just it very a much. hell of a lot of fun? Yes. I've always enjoyed golf. It's a great way to get out to nature. You get to challenge yourself against a course that's, you know, working against you at every turn. So if you're not excited about the Super Bowl, right. and you're not excited about golf, Tennis aside, what in sport are you excited and thrilled to share with our audience today? Because I'm going to need you to participate in this I think show. you're leading to something. I don't know what. Did I mention something before the show that you're, you're trying to... Yeah, I'm trying, trying to get to you to... Get me on? Can you just tell me? I am anti-Damien Lillard. Oh, what about Damien Lillard? Did he score uh, 10 grand? Yeah, you're disregarding that too. Oh, God. Oh, phew. Jeez. That's some big news. Oh, by the way, where are they in the West right now? What are they, eight? No. Seven? Six? Five? Four? Three, two, one? I think they're like five. That's all I care about right now. I don't care that he scored 10,000 points. Who gives a rip? Didn't Kevin Love get like the most double doubles in franchise history in Minnesota? They sucked. Yeah, but it's Minnesota franchise history. <laughs> yeah, but it's Portland Trailblazers franchise history. This is not. We can compare it to NBA history, and we'll do that a little bit later on the show. We will get into breakdowns of the Super Bowl. Some of us are excited about the game. I'm hey, excited hey, about listen, the Listen, some of us are excited about the food. You'll give everybody a nice tofu recipe, uh, pate that they can put on their uh, mm. toast points uh, since you really don't eat meat. What are you, pescatarian? I eat fish. I'm a pescatarian. Yeah, so he'll give you a good recipe for fish a tuna melt you can share with your whole family. And we will we will dive into, you know, the the 10,000 points. I we don't will. know why you're not excited about this. Well, Dave, I, I don't know. What gets you excited about it, I guess? Like, why, why would I be so excited about the fact that Damian Lillard scored 10,000 points? Like, in Blazers history... That to me, unless we're going to really look at this retrospectively, yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything yet. I it was, was like when Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, what he became like the uh, most, uh, he he became the Trailblazers who like scored the most, or he got like somewhere like second or third on the list, right? You remember that? And then they I will this, put it in historical context for you, before. not just in Blazers history, but in in context of other NBA players that have accomplished what Damian Lillard has accomplished, and we'll do that to kick things off. Next, you're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, so T-minus how long before I hear the boob rip in this? This is his live performance, right? This is the live performance from uh, 
uh, Super Bowl 38. Did uh, you include the moment where he rips he he rips the tip cover off? Yeah. Uh, where are we at in it? Um, About 36. Yeah, it'll be it'll be right at the end of the clip here, so it's like a minute 16 or whatever it is. Can I hear it? Yeah, you'll 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 hear it. It'll kind of go silent. Remember, nobody quite knew what happened at the moment. Everybody was so shocked by their surprise by their surprise erection. Technology allowed everybody to go back and relive the exact moment. Zoom in because you have to remember all the photographs, all the flash bulbs that went off in that moment. Yeah. It was hot. Well, but that's a Super Bowl. You have more photographers than anyone right here. Oh, did you hear that little thing at the end? Yeah. I know that was the fireworks, but in my mind, that was... No, she was mic'd up. That was my puberty going off. Uh, The text line, 55305, reminds us that NSYNC was in uh, the Super Bowl with Aerosmith, the Ravens-Giants Super Bowl. Uh, and there were boobs. Brittany uh, was there with the women's cleavage jersey on, which cleavage is technically half of two boobs, which equals one boob. So. Well, if we're going on that logic, then I'm seeing boobs constantly because there's always cleavage around. I'm talking about uh, I'm I'm seeing straight up. This is a boob with nipple areola and I don't know at least a two centimeter diameter. You're very I mean, is spe- that you're very specific about your your boob? Am needs. I in the ballpark? I don't know. Which, by the way, that is just a. I mean, take that Super Bowl just for instance, right? Okay, okay. Ravens Giants. That was one of the, you would say in retrospect, kind of crap your Super Bowls, right? Well, I mean, Kerry Collins. Uh, I don't know how you can poo poo. Kerry Collins. Poo-poo I just Kerry did. Collins. I just said his name. So you got that crap game, and then you got in sync as your halftime show. And Aerosmith. And Can't be Aerosmith. mad about Aerosmith. What kind of what kind of mix? Who the hell in marketing thought that was a good idea? Aerosmith has been rocking the the suburbs for thirty years at that point. Well, hell yeah, but I don't want my I don't want my Aerosmith with my in sync. I just want oh, my Aerosmith. See, this is you. Don't this give is me you that. being pretentious again. This is how you. is that pretentious? What's wrong with NSYNC? They're fine, young entertainers. They're there to to bring in the kids. The Super Bowl's a family experience. You can bring in the generations. Everybody sits there, gets out the nacho cheese dip, and Name. sits there and watches football. The 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 kids and the and the wives can enjoy the game and the commercials because those are family friendly. Puppy, monkey, baby. It's and then the commercial. halftime show comes in, entertains the entire family. Dad, who who went and saw Aerosmith as his first concert in '77, and uh, little Jenny, who saw NSYNC when she just after her Sweet Sixteen, she got those tickets for mom and dad, and it was the greatest moment of her life. Name three members of NSYNC: Justin Timberlake, obviously. Okay. J.C. Chazé, Lance Bass, uh, Chris Kirkpatrick, and Joey Fatone. That's all of them. Okay. That, I roll? that was a trick question because if you answered it right, you're right, and that's not a good sign. If you answered it wrong, oh, being aware of pop culture, give or, me a break. Oh, come on, it's just not that hard. You'd it's called recall, Jeopardy. homie. Yeah, I would. Now, which one had the dreads, and he's a white guy? Chris Kirkpatrick. Now, See, now it's who, not that hard. Do you think their band manager just saw Kirkpatrick on the street in dreads, and he goes, "You know what? This boy band's missing dread guy." No, yeah, I think he added those as the the boy band developed. He's like, I'm going to be Dread Guy. I think they 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 picked him. You're like, you don't have anything else going on. Right. We're going to need you to get some White Guy Dreads. Yeah. I, I think White Guy Dreads is going to make this band. But if, if we don't have White Guy Dreads, what are we, 98 degrees? Here's the problem. We found something you're excited about, and it's boy bands. 
That's you're excited about him. You can no, name no. you Listen, can name all of NSYNC. Just because I'm aware of NSYNC. Who was the guy who wore glasses that was unattractive in 98 degrees? That I do not know. Okay, that was also a test. Degrees. If you knew that one, then that no, I don't know. Any that of would the guys. be worrisome. It's the Lachey brothers, but I'm not sure which one's which. I don't even know which one married Jessica. It's Nick. See, there you go. But yeah, no NSYNC. I knew them. Uh, dated a girl in high school that was very into NSYNC. Makes it easy to remember that. That's so, tight. So it's an easy association. I also, I also uh, went to a school dance with a girl that watched Titanic, I think, 17 times in the theater. It was a different time back then. Ah, oh, the world we lived in. Yeah. You remember the Titanic came out on two VHSs because it was three hours long? It was long. <laughs> like, you really couldn't fit a three-hour movie on one VHS. Is no. that, is that I, how, does that speak to how crappy VHSs were? Trashing VHS? VHS was a, a stepping stone from... I mean, it, it's better than Laserdisc. Sorry, we can't Remember, you have to, your you three have to flip, movie. You used to have to flip Laserdiscs? I, no, I'm not that old. Oh, you don't remember Laserdisc? I don't think I was born. Yeah. I had a uh, romantic uh, coming-of-age moment watching The NeverEnding Story on Laserdisc. We had to get up and flip it, and it was awkward. But uh, that is not where we're going. All right. You ready for these, uh, Damian Lillard, why the 10,000 points is important? All right. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's hear your frame of reference. Lillard is the eighth player in the history of the NBA to get to 10,000 points and 2,500 assists in his first six seasons. Run that one by me again. One more time. Damian Lillard, yes. eighth player in NBA history to get to 10,000 points and 2,500 assists in his first six seasons. Who else is on that list? guy named Michael Jordan. Okay. LeBron James. Okay. Larry Bird, Nate Archibald, Pete Maravich, Dave Bing, Oscar Robertson. I want to see how many of those people on that list had NBA titles by that time. I'm curious. I don't think Jordan's was... That early on, uh, Bird would have probably had when, that. When did Jordan get in the league? 83 or 84? Because he got his first title, I think, in 90... 90 or 91. 90 or 91 against the Blazers? Lakers. Oh, Lakers, right. Um, so I, I would I'd be curious about that. I, I guess I, I frame it that way because I look at this milestone, and it is a milestone. It's a, it's a great milestone. And obviously, he'll go down as one of the greatest Blazers of all time if he stays there for... His entirety. Um, also, he has a really great perception in the community. So I think even if he leaves in free agency, people will still consider him Blazer for life. Unlike Lamarcus Aldridge, where there's very mixed feelings about it. But I, I don't take much stock in this because really his goal is to win an NBA title. He said that numerous times. Really, when LaMarcus Aldridge was here and he set all these records, he never really had these outward goals. He just kind of shut up and didn't say anything. But again, so I don't, I don't it was think... was impressive, I guess. But I don't think that's as obscure. I mean, you look at it. I mean, he's getting, you know, one assist for every, you know, every four points he scores. That's, yeah. That's pretty damn good. And, you know, I mean, that's fairly select company. And here's the other reason why I think there's some significance to it. Would you care to know the active players that reached 10,000 points in their first six seasons? Right now. Active players. Okay. LeBron James. We knew that one. I could guess that. Carmelo Anthony. You may poo-poo hmm. that, but he's a great scorer. That's an interesting factoid. And Kevin Durant. That's it. 
Those are the only other three players to score 10,000 points in their first six seasons. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you get to these milestones and you kind of go, all right, where are you at? Now, LeBron James didn't win a championship in his first six seasons because he was playing for Cleveland, right? It was He was there for, I think, six or seven years before he went to Miami and won his first title. Kevin Durant didn't win in his first six seasons. He had to leave to go to another team to win his first, and Melo didn't win anything. So are you saying Damian Lillard's probably going to have to leave Portland to get a title? I don't know. I'm interested by the comment that you just made where you said if Damian Lillard left in free agency, he'd still be a blazer for life. Yes, I think so. More so than he's, I get that he's more likable and he's a little bit, I think, more involved in the community. That's what. But if he leaves for another Western Conference team and comes, excuse me, comes in and whoops up on the Blazers, you holding him on as Blazer for life? I think he'll hold on as Blazer for life because he was put in a situation where a lot of fans will kind of sympathize and go, well, they didn't put enough around you. I think he needs to get to a Western Conference Finals at least and probably an NBA final to kind of have that. But like that's not going to happen. Would you put Kevin Durant as an Oklahoma City Thunder for life? No, but the breakup but, was very very messy. That was yeah, a messy but, breakup. Uh, now, we could have a messy breakup with Damian Lillard. I genuinely think I just don't see a scenario where he cuz if he he's going to leave at the end, of this, end of this contract. He's going to leave. Then I don't think he's a Blazer for life. I just I don't buy that because I, I think if he ends up leaving at the end of his career to go chase a title, it's very different. I think when you leave, when you're still in that prime window, that people just look at it and go, all right, you gave up on us. I realize that the Blazers have to do something to put time, put something around them, but it's going to be a sour taste in everybody's mouth if in the next three years they don't develop into something better. And and maybe that's firing Neil Olshay, and maybe it's firing Terry Sots, maybe it's trading CJ McCollum, maybe it's all three, but they need to do something that makes a big splash. I guess if you see it just stay status quo for the next three years, then you can, you can I, I guess, accept the idea that, that Damian Lillard's leaving, but you have no faith in the team if that happens. It's about how he leaves because I'm very confident that by the end of this five-year contract, he's gone. I don't think he sticks around because he there's has three already, years left on it. Yes. The, oh, yeah, definitely. Because there's already very minor signs of consternation between him, ownership, and... Well, maybe not so much coaching, but him and ownership. You know, they talked, uh, I think it was last week, about that uh, meeting that he and Paul Allen had. And he's very much forcing down the pipe saying, look, dude, I got to get some other players around me if we're going to win this thing. Because he's very serious about winning an NBA title. Now, is it really unrealistic? Of course it's unrealistic. Nobody's going to win an NBA title as long as Kevin Durant is on the Warriors. And how- so is Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green all at the same time. How long does that stay together? At what point does somebody want to get paid out of that group, though? I mean, when you think that it's next year. It's next year yeah, that so, possibly you might have somebody leave. But then that kind of goes to the whole rumor that happened this week that apparently LeBron James uh, is open to hearing free agent offers next season from the Golden State Warriors. Now, for all that to happen, you got to get rid of Andre Iguodala's contract. You got to get rid of Clay Thompson's contract conceivably. You could also do Draymond Green's. But in this scenario, you'd want Draymond there with LeBron. Now, we haven't brought it up yet in this in this show, but um, Stephen A. Smith is actually sitting in with us. Uh, Stephen A., what would you think if LeBron joined uh, the Warriors? I've covered the NBA for over two decades. And if LeBron James were to, were to join, because you have to get rid of somebody in order to get him just to create space. So we don't know if Draymond Green would be there. But if LeBron James were to join Kevin Durant and Steph Curry 
and Klay Thompson and Golden State Warriors, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I'd watch the NBA for a year. <gasps> really, Steven? I really don't. That's how adamant I am about this. <laughs> and I mean it. And I mean it. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love that that's like the subdued, like, he's he's kind of fired up, but it's, it's not like a super hot take. Ooh, that's not going to There's it. no way that happens. Oh. There, do you have any belief <sighs> that LeBron James would go to the Warriors? That's what will a, Stephen A. do with his time? Oh, yell no. at his wife? I don't have that clip. <laughs> I'll have to spend more time yelling at my kids and I'm the mother of my it. children. Maybe we should get that I mean it. And just, <laughs> I mean ain't it. That's a good part. Anyways. That he'll actually go to the war. No. He's not it's gonna go not there. gonna it's not no. going to happen. At some point there's going to be a fracture. There dynasties just don't last forever. I mean, e- even if they even if they win another three titles, at some point somebody's gonna get hurt or bored or wanna make more money. Clay Thompson can get paid a max deal and a ten year contract from anybody or, or a max length contract. I don't know what the restrictions are on that. But but Clay Thompson could make all the money in the world he wants if he leaves. You would pay you'd paid Kevin Durant any money that he wants. If those guys want to make money and go and create their own legacy, somebody's going to leave. So I think the Blazers will have a window to get in there. They just need to start working on it now. And I I don't know what that move is. But Here's an interesting thought from um, well, actually a few texters are putting this one up. Um, uh, 55305 Bridgeport Beers text line. Uh, Clyde is Blazer for life. Walton is not. I don't know how I feel about that. I think Bill Walton is Blazer for life. I know Bill, that he Bill, kinda, Wal- Bill Walton is because he left because of injuries and he was never right. the same player well, when he, he left. And he won a title for exactly. the team. Yeah. yeah. It's I, like it's like um uh who's that? Uh Paul what? Pierce. Paul Pierce from Boston, right? He won yeah. a title there and he was there. Yeah, he ended his career on te- other teams, but yeah. you're always going to say Paul Pierce is um, a Celtic, yeah. Is a Celtic. What was the other one? Was uh, Brandon um, Roy was brought up on there as? Of course, he's yes, a player. He, he didn't play be. for another team. I knew he. He did. He so, played for Minnesota. He didn't play though. He did. He played. He technically did. He. I think he was there for like two games. <laughs> yeah, no, but he didn't. He like got on the court and he goes, "Oh wait, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, that's I forgot. Right. I'm I don't bone have on bone on my knee. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot my my knees yeah. are just bone on yeah, bone. That's now. very different. And Clyde going and chasing." you know, rings in Houston. The thing is he played it. He played college at Houston. He played with Akeem Olajuwon. So I give him a pass on that. He also, that's, that's part of the reason I bring up. He played for NBA championships. It's true. You know, that's the thing. He got there. You go to the NBA finals as a blazer. You play the prime of your career there. Again, if you leave late, you give the blazers everything you have, you get them close and then as as things start to tail off and your your the heart of your team starts to break up or retire you decide to leave while things are on the way down that's very different but while there's still room to kind of grow if you leave on the way up uh, I, I i can't say that blazer for life true or false Jermaine O'Neal blazer for life uh false i i i don't know how you can say that straight face <laughs> i think of him as a as a pacer all right i guess so cuz of the <laughs> Because the malice the, in the palace, the prime of his career was played there and he's a better player. And oh, I don't think of that. I think of him getting in the stands. So and do punching I, a dude. but I also, that was the best basketball that he played was in Indiana. Okay. Steve Blake, true or false blazer for life, blazer for life, easily blazer for life. Yeah. Now that's not a positive blazer for life. That's one of those moments. i look back and I go, why the hell did we hire Steve Blake? Like three times. Yeah. I think we hired hire him, him three separate Signed times. Him. Why did we do that? 
It's a you get a point guard, and then here was here was what also blew my mind. Coaches had the audacity to give him the ball at the end of games and go, "We're going to put Steve on the free throw line and let him win this game for us." I'm going to call Steve Blake, see if I can get him in and take over as co-host of this show. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty easy, you. I'm sure. I doubt Steve Blake's doing anything. What is Steve Blake? If you're listening, well, you can be the third man in our show. What are you doing right now? <laughs> Steve Blake would be a nightmare on this show. Would he? Yes. You don't think he has a sense of humor or personality? Uh, no. Steve Blake perpetually looks like he's about to sneeze all the time. Would you rather have Steve Blake or Luke Ridenour? Ooh. Are you talking about Blazers? Uh, basketball and or co-host. Okay. But like, am I talking about the Blazers or is this just a team we're talking about? Just, I'm, just I threw out the question. You answer it. So would I rather have... God, that's oh, they're both awful. Oh, that's a lot of questions on who we would make Blazers for life. Sheed, you know yes. who's a Blazer for life? Yes, Sheed's easily. You know blazer who's a Blazer for life? life? Scotty Pippen, that guy. Blazer for. Life. Did I ever tell you the story about how Scotty Pippen almost moved next door to me? No, that. Let's do that. Hey, no. How good's the story? No, we. Get, it's terrible because we oh. got to talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, was that the whole story? Yeah, that was actually it. Okay, he almost did though. I never saw him. <laughs> all right. That is that is neat. Uh, all right. You want to get to the Super Bowl next? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, let's do Anybody it. excited for the Super Bowl? 55305. What are you most excited about for the Super Bowl, non-football-wise? And then later on, we'll ask you football-wise. But non-football-wise, or you can go on Twitter, go to uh, Center Saint 1080, and you can actually vote in the poll there. Uh, pick your favorite non-football Super Bowl thing. We'll get to those next and a whole lot more. Here's Will with new. Cotton fire a little bit. Everybody wanting to know who their Blazers for life is going to be. Also a reminder that nobody thought Kevin Durant was actually going to go to the Warriors. Oh, oh, that's news. No, well, no, it's just a suggestion that you know the the idea that we there's no way LeBron could go to the Warriors. We thought the same thing about Kevin Durant two years ago. Mm. Would you find it more egregious? If LeBron did it, then when KD did it. Because Kevin Durant and and the Oklahoma City Thunder went to game seven against, I guess it is worse because they played three in a row. It'll probably be four in a row if uh, if they make it back to the finals. It, it would ruin the NBA, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would probably quit watching the NBA because there's really no, do you mean it? I mean it. I mean it. No, I mean... I think it would ruin the NBA in a sense that you wouldn't now have you wouldn't now have a clear enemy. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have a clear enemy or you wouldn't have a clear opposition to the presumed change. No, you really wouldn't have a clear enemy because there's no point in really even hating Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Steph Curry if they're all on the same team. What's the point? Do people hate Steph Curry? I know people hate Kevin Durant for going there. Some Does people hate Steph Curry because of his wife. She's annoying. That's fair. She's really friggin' annoying. So you hate Steph Curry because of his wife? Uh, no, I, and actually, I don't even really hate Steph Curry. I find Steph Curry just horribly unappealing. I, I don't think there's anything that's. He's tiny, he's pocket size. Outside. Oh, wow. He great. shoots from far away. Oh, cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Oh, he, nice. You know, he was, uh, he was an underdog story coming Whoa. out of Davidson. Nobody thought he had an NBA frame. 
Dude, he didn't have the endurance. He had the ankle injuries he had to come back from. He turned the Golden State Warriors into a championship. He won back-to-back MVPs. What's not to like about Watching Steph Curry might be one of the most boring things in the NBA. Wow. Let's get the ball to to Steph. Spot up three. Yeah. Steph's going to get the ball. Spot up three. Dude, Dude, Steph drives, when Steph Irving. drives the lane, I I'd love. rather watch Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is one of the most exciting players in the NBA. Okay, he's, okay, but he's oh, by oh, far and away the okay. most exciting player in the NBA. All right, but what you just did was you just said Steph Curry is boring. I'd rather watch the most exciting player. Yeah. What you should do is you go. I'd rather watch Brian Scalabrini play. Take somebody that take somebody that's unappealing. If you're saying that Steph is unappealing, where do you draw the line? Don't put it at like this guy is the best. I'd watch him. You did that entire thing incorrectly. I'm not making a level for it. I'm just saying the okay. truth. How unappealing is Steph Curry? He's he's a notch below Kyrie Irving. Okay, well you think Kyrie's the most exciting? He's unappealing enough that he became one of the most popular, I guess, players in sports for kids. And then went to a, I hate him because kids like him. And then went to a sporting wear clothing company to be their main endorser, and they're practically bankrupt. Isn't Tommy Tommy Touchdown under that Armour should too? also tell you something about Tom Brady. Not that he's unappealing, but he's unapproachable and non-relatable. That's the problem that they have with two of their endorsers. Is one <laughs> one of them's not appealing because he sounds like he speaks in the same tone constantly, Steph Curry. The wait, other wait, one Tom, Tom Brady, Brady has a different tone. And Tom Brady is the most unapproachable person I could think of. <laughs> like what the hell would I say to Tom Brady if I ever met him? Nothing. No, nothing. LeBron James? I'm sure I'd have a great time talking to LeBron James. Even Kevin Durant. I'm you, sure I would insult were, Kevin Durant and have a great time just going back and forth and BSing with him. I don't Steph think Curry's way I too don't damn think nice. either of those things are true. There's a rumor going around and I can't remember where I heard it. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh <laughs> it's it's multiple sources have said that uh that LeBron James will go into meetings and not talk to anybody. He lets his people do all the talking for him. What, like in business meetings? Yes. Yeah, that's smart. What he? Oh, right, oh, I'm sorry. He should use that college education he has. Wait, yeah, wait he wait. doesn't know anything about business. He probably but, lets people do stuff. But for he's him. gonna sit down and BS with you. Yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Because he doesn't talk to business people in meetings. He's gonna take he doesn't time. know what he's, he's doing. He's gonna take time to sit around and BS with Come this on, guy. Man. You gonna ta- you gonna <laughs> talk to one of your clients like he talked to me? Come on. Business is business. Talking to fans is different. He just hangs out with fans. Here's Steph Curry in a a business meeting, I'm sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. He's probably the most agreeable and just like vanilla person you could ever imagine. Vanilla? Should that be racist? Now, Damian Lillard in a meeting would probably rap. (laughs) What is wrong with you? What? I'm asking you what's wrong. Um, so oh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl? Yes, but I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with you first, quickly. If That's like two segments. Okay, so t- two directions. Super Bowl as a thing, mm. or the act- you want to do the actual game here? I don't know. Yeah, All right. do the game. All right. Any chance the Eagles win? No. God, no. <laughs> Any chance the Eagles make it entertaining? Ah, uh, that is the golden question. Possibly. I, <laughs> uh, you kind of think that this might turn out like the AFC title game, right? Uh, Eagles defense is at least comparable to what Jacksonville is. And 
they have a better quarterback question mark i think that's what's really going to rely on can nick Foles actually play better in the second half than what blake bortles did because that ultimately that's why the jaguars lost was that their defense was holding things up in the second half they were just exhausted by the end of it because the offense was off the field three and out like four straight times so really the key to everything is what's the second half going to be like is nick Foles going to be able to again if he does play well in the first half sustain that and keep the ball moving and keep the offense moving. Bill Belichick will throw the kitchen sink at this game, meaning he will throw in the most confusing things you can possibly think of to throw you off your game. He I don't will. think that's necessarily true. What you try to do is you take away what their number one weapon is. That's usually the sign of the Patriots. I don't think they do things that are all that confusing. They don't have big exotic blitz packages that they uh, throw at people. Do you remember when they played the Ravens? in the AFC title game in 2014 and they came out at halftime and they started to basically offset a tackle as a tight end and they ran that same package which it that, confused, that's just offensively yeah and well, then, it confused the, point, the hell out of people and they ran it four times straight yeah and they because can, they were down to, to the point where AFC title game they had two trick plays that's on, offense. Man. I'm asking, do they have you ever seen the Patriots go out and create an exotic blitz package? It's not about exotic blitz. It's no, I know, but you said scheme. throw the kitchen sink. But the, yes, you, that's what I'm saying. But we're saying okay, I I'm a little confused. Here. Sure. We're talking about how they stop the Eagles offense first, yes? Well, no, I'm just talking in terms of general. Oh, I mean, well, if you yeah, want to talk mean, about stopping the Eagles offense, I think they might want to try to just load the box and basically make Nick Foles throw. Yes. Yeah. That's conventional wisdom, but again, we're dealing with Bill Belichick here, who in the nineteen ninety Super Bowl had two down defensive linemen and let Thurman Thomas just run the ball. I, I mean, that that's what I'm saying about the Patriots. It's so interesting, is you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. They're a very, very unpredictable team, especially in the second half. Well, and and they that's exactly right. The second half, because nobody makes adjustments better than the Patriots and whatever the Eagles come out and do. But the one thing that about this Eagles team that, I mean, I guess it's being reinforced with this. Anybody that has a relationship with Doug Peterson or has talked to him and then the quarterback or coach uh, Frank Reich uh, being part of that staff, there's so much admiration for these guys. So it's their moment to shine too. I mean, the idea that Bill Belichick's going to come out and give it everything he has doesn't surprise anybody. But I'm really excited to see what this Eagles team has because it wasn't just Carson Wentz they lost. They've got a whole laundry list of guys that they lost, including their left tackle, their starting quarterback, and they still made it to the Super Bowl. So I don't I don't know what we're going to see from the Eagles either, for that matter. Yeah, the Patriots are going to come out, but the, the thing that you know with the Patriots is Tom Brady's not going to get freaked out by the moment. Uh, there's not going to be any reason to suspect that the Patriots are going to be in over their head. Even if they're down 28 to three, they still got a chance. So I think the, the potential for a great game is high. Can I convince myself to pick the Eagles? That will be determined in crystal balls. Uh, but we need to get to the, did you see that the Patriots, uh, Super Bowl rings had 283 diamonds in them? Which ones? Uh, the ones that got them from last year. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. To represent twenty-eight to three, yep. I love that. Arthur Blank came out this week and was like, "I was offended by that." You should be. Yeah, you should be offended by giving up that lead yes. and losing the first Super Bowl ever to go. You should be that. offended by the fact that you own the Atlanta Falcons, the most disappointing team. Don't go there. Yes. No, they're not. Because Dude, the, the Browns, Browns are, are not anymore. The, the Browns are just the Browns. The San Diego Chargers 
are now the Los Angeles Chargers, and Ooh. they play in a soccer stadium. The San Diego, the Chargers Cincinnati were. Bengals are so afraid to fire Marvin Lewis because he's still like they know that he's due to win a playoff game, so they're going to keep him around for another five mm. years. Yeah, there's a lot of this. The Detroit Lions have never made it to a Super Bowl. The Vikings lost four Super Bowls and perpetually get the better team in the NFC Championship game and don't win those. They've done that, what, three, four, five times now? Yeah, there's a lot of disappointing teams in the league. Mm. So mm. who's your most disappointing team in the league? Five, five, three, oh, five. Send us those. We'll get to those after Good versus Evil, which is next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. You're going to get people screaming on either side of this issue. And it's, it's hard to have a really productive, interesting conversation about this topic. Because it's one that fans are really passionate about. Um, I think there are a lot of fans today who are wearing their Keep the Chiefs t-shirts, which is a popular t-shirt in Cleveland. That was white guy that knows way too much about baseball, ESPN's Aaron Goldhammer. He's talking about the big news coming from Cleveland this week. The Indians announced that controversial mascot Chief Wahoo will be removed from the team's uniforms starting in the 2019 season. The symbol has been part of the team since 1947. Soon-to-be future Hall of Famer Jim Tomey even says he doesn't want the logo on his Hall of Fame Hall of Fame plaque or any of the Hall of Fame apparel that he'll wear during the ceremony. Do you think this will influence the decision for the Washington Redskins and their future logo? They're removing the logo of the cartoon Indian. They're keeping the name Indians. They're still selling merchandise with the logo. All they're doing is removing it from the game uniforms. It's, it's not a complete obliteration of it. They're not they're saying that we don't want to do it. Now, what they're saying is they're doing it to protect the trademark because we saw what happened with the Redskins when they lost their trademark and anybody could use it. You end up losing revenue in it. So, no. Even in, in the, the setup there, uh, Goldhammer's saying people are entrenched on both sides of this and, and the idea that people attach their childhood to that logo and you know the what's the movie um oh geez backdraft yes backdraft is the movie with the cleveland indians i just guessed major league oh right uh you know people people have fond memories of the cleveland indians and and will always have that if you do change the name people move on it from fairly quickly but they're gonna they're gonna dig in their heels and i don't think it's a big change yeah it was great to get a win uh we, we came in off a of one one shoot around uh so you know these guys played hard and um you know we'll, we'll, we'll keep getting better from here but it's just the talk the communication i think that we can get better at and uh, i thought we did a good job when it counted tonight that's the kid that used to have braces and still looks weird as an adult, Blake Griffin. The big trade shook up the NBA landscape this week. The Los Angeles Clippers traded all-star forward Blake Griffin to the Detroit Pistons for uh, who cares because it's not Blake Griffin and it's the Clippers. So again, who cares? There are five years and $173 million left on his contract. Do you think this Clippers reset move is good for the NBA as a whole? 
Clippers are kind of a non-factor middling team similar to some other teams in the NBA. Mm. Um, but no, they weren't going to win with the roster, and they weren't going to win building around Blake Griffin. I don't know if Detroit's going to be a better breeding ground for him to you know get to a championship either. Um, but the idea that tanking works in the NBA, I don't think is proven. Uh, the only team that really you point to as an effect was the Spurs, but that was a David Robinson injury. It wasn't necessarily a tank job. And the idea that, you know, the 76ers, it's working. Joel Embiid just played his first ever back-to-back game after missing an entire season with injury. They've traded off most of the pieces. They have Markel Fultz on that roster who can't shoot a basketball and Okafor and whoever else, uh, Nerlens Noel have all been jettisoned. So tanking doesn't really work that well. The idea is the Clippers to do a kind of running rebuild. So I don't know. Clippers are non inconsequential. What did you say? Uh, oh, they're the Clipper who, Clippers. Who cares? Yeah, it was, you know, in this league, I've learned to just expect curveballs and you never really should act surprised to what happens because uh, anything can really take place. Well, you know, I don't take it personal. It's a really? business, and uh, I just don't get my hopes up. I don't expect too much from, from people in the league because you just never uh, never know what could happen. That was the voice of the greatest free agent quarterback in the past decade, Kirk Cousins. The NBA wasn't the only league with some big moves this past week. The Redskins and Chiefs agreed to a trade that will send Alex Smith to Washington. The Skins are rumored to sign the 12-year veteran to a four-year, $71 million contract. <coughs> Excuse me. That uh, This move means two things. One, the Chiefs love Patrick Mahomes. And two, the Redskins love average white guy quarterbacks. What team do you see taking a chance on Mr. Kirkers? There's a lot of candidates out there. I would think Denver would be the first one to pick up the phone and make a call. Um, what about the Jaguars? What about them? They've came out this week. Do you have the sound where they've already announced their starting quarterback for week one is Blake Bortles? Why would why would they take Don't know, but they did. Why would they I'm take I'm not making it up. They did. Why would they take ugly white guy over over uh, handsome, slightly <laughs> better white guy? <clears throat> this this I cannot tell you. The most confusing thing in sport to me is if Kirk Cousins is so great and his numbers show that he's a good quarterback and he and he keeps Playing well and getting signed to these franchise tags. Why didn't the Redskins ever sign him? Eh. It's just, it's confusing me. There must be something wrong with Kirk Cousins, and I don't know what it is. Time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from Hollywood. A mother reported her daughter, 22-year-old Rebecca Martinez, missing on November 18th of last year. She says the last time she saw her child, Rebecca said she was going to work at a marijuana farm. It didn't take too long before police found the missing woman. Apparently, she was a contestant on The Bachelor. <laughs> Wait, what? So found this, her. I'm going to go work for a marijuana farm. Yeah. And then she uh, never talked to her mom again. And, and then, then she was on The Bachelor. The mom reported her missing. And then she went on The Bachelor and the police watched it and go, well, there she is. <laughs> and she's right there on the television. Shut and close. Well, but this uh, this goes against the theory that everybody watches The Bachelor because clearly her mom does not. Did you uh, did you get caught up in the uh, hype around uh, the girl from uh, NBC Sports Northwest on there, Bree? Oh, no, I don't care about that. Why would I care about? Why would anyone care about that? Why would you extend? Why would you spend extended amounts of time putting energy into that, watching it, and caring about it? If you know the person. 
Well, if I know the person. Oh, right. Yeah. So like all these know. people went out to dinner with Bree, right? And they would like talk to her on the phone regularly, exchange letters. And they'd have conversations with her. Conversations. If, somebody you, if somebody you knew as an acquaintance went on to a reality television show, I, I would you care, care for an inkling of a second. Yeah. Well, unless I knew them really well. well, well if you went but, on to a reality it, TV show, yeah, I'd probably watch it all the way through. But here's the thing. She was only on there for an inkling. I, I, my wife watches the show. So perfect. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I go one of the girls from NBC's Fourth Northwest right here in uh, in Portland's on the uh, on the show. Never seen her. I don't even think she said a word to the dude. Gone. The one of the girls that won worked with my brother though. She hot? Yeah, I suppose so. She they're all kind of hot, right? Flight attendant. I mean, yeah, they're all kind of hot. They're none of them are super hot. That's kind of network hot, right? Like there's HBO hot where it's like. You watch it and you're like, wow, she's dangerous. I'm into that. And then there's network hot where it's like, okay, I get it. I could take you home to mom, but you know, I don't care that you're the second lead on This Is Us. Like that doesn't really affect my life. Uh, isn't the second lead on This Is Us Mandy Moore? Hey, oh. Exactly. I don't Love care Mandy about Moore. that. Like if what? I brought Mandy oh. Moore home to mom, I, I doubt mom would even know who Mandy Moore is. I really doubt it. In fact, I think we could get through about... I'd say an hour of dinner before my mom was like, oh, I think I've heard your name somewhere. What about a show like Friends where they go on to be motion picture hot? Well, now you're only just taking Jennifer Aniston. Well, Lisa no, Lisa Kudrow, Kudrow it was, was in motion pictures and the Scream franchise wouldn't have been the same without Courtney Cox. Now, Courtney Cox is not hot. She is plastic. Well, she is now. She Lisa went back Kudrow, to network television. Lisa Kudrow is handsome. She's respectable, handsome. Lisa Kudrow uh, reminds me of like my kindergarten teacher that like I look back on now as an adult and I'm like, yeah, she's she was all right. So Julia Louise Dreyfus went from network hot right. to HBO hot as she aged. Mm. Was she was that was uh, Veep on HBO? Yeah. Was it okay? Yeah, well, um, yeah she kind of did. Yeah. How does that happen? You just go from network well. to HBO like a, fine, like a fine wine. Yeah, but it didn't work for Rachel McAdams because she was on True Detective too, and Wait, what? she was not hot on that. Oh, how dare you! No, she not hot. She is a f beautiful flower. No, no. All right, that was Good versus Evil, brought to you by 808, the Titan of Hawaiian restaurants. Check out one of their two locations: twenty four fifty four East Burnside or fifty second and Woodstock. We'll be back. More Super Bowl, more basketball. I've got a story that is stupid. We'll get to that. It's all next. Center and Saint, 1080, The Fan.